And so they had this tradition that was completely against anything that uh, is in the Bible. And, and the Pharisees are like, oh, why do, why do your disciples, your followers, they, they don't follow our traditions? And so Jesus goes on and he highlights what the, uh, the real problem here is. He says, he, he just turns around and says, why do you transgress, and transgress the commandments of God by your traditions? And he goes on to talk about some of the traditions that they had where they had created traditions that made loopholes in the Ten Commandments. Right. So you could do this really strict washing of hands, but maybe you could get away with something else, oh, which yes. was actually oh, yes. important. You could, you, could, you, could, um, you could abandon your parents in their old age. They made a right. loophole so that you could do that. Wow. Yeah, this is pretty big stuff. <laughs> um, and so he continues on. Jesus says, um, you hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, this people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they worship me, teaching for doctrines or teachings the commandments of men. So right. Jesus takes what Isaiah spoke about. And the wine, the, the spiritual intoxication of the teachings of men. And Jesus then applies it specifically to the Ten Commandments. Right. So where the wine that we're talking about here is the teachings of men that do away with the Ten Commandments. This is not the teachings of men about science or engineering yeah. or mathematics or some other cool so thing. Specifically spiritual. Spiritual Ten Commandments. So what are these, what are some more specific ones? Like specific commandments or specific ways uh, yeah, I, that I, they've changed it. <laughs> this is one of the areas that I actually enjoy because you can get into some myth busting. There are so many myths oh. in Christianity. Oh, heaps. And, 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 and they're those kind of things that you know have been repeated over and 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 over again so that it gets to the point where it's like, yeah, 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 yeah I would just take that for granted. You know, There's a verse in the Bible that I was looking for the other day. Yeah, and it's and, not. And it's not there. Which one was it? I'm not going to say. <laughs> I'm going to keep it for another day. But I was looking all over the Bible for it, and eventually I've gone, this, this verse is not Someone's actually in the Bible. Someone's just said it, and you just think, oh, the Bible must say it somewhere. It's been said so many times, and people say it. You know, It's one of these sayings that, that, that came about as you know a, a while ago, and it came into sort of a, a King James-ish English kind of a way of saying it. And, uh, and, and so you sort of assume, yeah, of course that's in the Bible. Well, guess what? It's not. I want to have a guess as to what it is. I'm thinking of one of those sayings. Which everyone thinks is in the Bible, but it's actually not. The principle is kind of there. Mm-hmm. Is it the one um, by beholding we become changed? That's in the Bible. Oh, it is. Yeah, I can read that to you from the Bible. Maybe it was a different one. Maybe it's a different one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Probably a different one. Maybe it's a different one. I thought I had a conversation about Second it. Second Corinthians anyway. chapter three, verse eighteen. If I'm correct, um, the Bible says, "By beholding we become changed." Okay, maybe I had a different one then. Yeah. Never mind. But there's, That's those, not a myth. those are the kind of things you know. We we hear these sayings and and uh, and so we can do some myth busting right here. Yep. Okay. So when it comes to the law of God, the Ten Commandments, um, the Vatican um, claims, and we see the evidence of it very very clearly that they changed the day of worship from Saturday to Sunday. The Ten Commandments gives you Saturday. The traditions of men give you Sunday. Which one are you going to go with? The law of God. What the Bible says, and mm. Jesus, of course, commanded that we keep the Sabbath all the way down to the end of time. Jesus never did away with it or gave us freedom to change it. You know, God is always specific about what God says. Um, and human beings have come along, yeah, you know what, we're just going to change God's law. Yeah, that, that shows our power. You know, if you're going to change God's law, you need to be God. Yeah, otherwise it's a very, very big call. Yeah, that is. So we've got a couple of ones we can go through mm-hmm. to explain, okay, exactly what parts of the law. So, you're looking at me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Okay, good, yep, good. Yep. 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 Keep going. So, um, well, the first one, okay, first of all, that God's law can be amended or changed. Um, there's another teaching, though, mm-hmm. and that is that when we die, mm-hmm. we have our physical body, we have our soul, mm-hmm. and when we die or our body dies, we still have a soul that's either going to heaven, to hell, somewhere in between, floating around, doing its thing or whatever. Yeah, and you've all heard this like a million times at a funeral, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they're it's not in, in the Bible. They're in heaven now looking down. It's what? It's not in the Bible. I know. The, well, word soul, <laughs> the word soul and spirit are mentioned over 1,700 times in the Bible. There's not a single solitary reference to either the soul or the spirit being immortal. Floating. Well, they, and this is the teaching. And do you know what? Um, I was doing some research the other day about, well, not this kind of thing specifically, but it came up um, about you know talking about people who aren't Christians and why there are reasons why they don't even want to consider Christianity as part of their lifestyle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one of the main reasons why people don't, 
want to become a Christian or think it's credible is because Christians believe that a loving God can send people to hell forever, for example. The Bible says. And that's not even true. And most Christians say it, but it's not even in the Bible. Of course it's not in the Bible. So no wonder there's so much struggle because we know that. Some of the most famous verses in the Bible. Yeah. Right? The wages of sin is what? Death. Eternal life in hellfire. <laughs> oh, maybe you should check that. Yeah. yeah. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Yeah. It's as simple as that. The Bible says the soul that sins, the soul yep. that sins, it shall die. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't soul say the soul is immortal. The Bible says the soul is mortal and the soul dies. Um, the Bible <sighs> More says. people knew that. The Bible says, um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. Okay, so if we believe in Jesus, we don't perish, we have eternal life. So if we're having reverse, eternal life, it's because we haven't that, died. Reverse that equation, <laughs> reverse that equation, right? Yeah. If you don't believe in Jesus, what do you have? The yeah. opposite of eternal life is eternal yeah. death. Yeah. I know. And in fact, if you go to... Crazy. Oh, there's so, so many things here. The Bible <laughs> speaks about the resurrection. What is the point of having a resurrection if you're already if alive? If you're not dead. If you're not dead. <laughs> You know, these true. two things, they cancel each other out. You've got to have either the immortality of the soul or the resurrection because they cancel each other out and so many people go, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll have the immortality of the soul. And why is it that we always pick the one that's not in the Bible? Yeah. It's a commentary on human nature, isn't it? Mm. Oh, and like if people, more people understood this and how important it is and how awesome it is that, you know, when we die, it's inevitable that we're just there. Mm-hmm. We're just dead. Nothing is going on. And it's just, oh, so much more comforting because <laughs> we're not having Aunt Jo or Mum or, or whoever, you know, floating in heaven looking at everything we're doing and not being able to even, like, help or whatever. I don't know. We're going to listen to a song and continue this conversation afterwards. Lift your head, little one. Lift your eyes to see the sun Lift your heart and burden soul Oh, rejoice in hope Lift your head, little one Lift your Lift your heart and burn soul 
listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. There's a train coming. You don't need no baggage, and just to get on board, all you need is faith. On the diesel humming, you don't need no ticket. No, no, just thank the Lord. There's a train coming You don't need no baggage And just to get on board All you need is something To hear the diesel humming You don't need no ticket Just thank the Lord And people get ready For the train to join Open the doors and bottom This room for all Who must you love the most Faith FM, we are into our encounter with God and we are doing some myth busting this morning. Yeah. So Shana, what about baptism? Are there some myths out there in relationship to baptism? There's a lot to do with that and there's a lot of ways you can be baptised. Yeah, there's, oh. there's, that's, that's an understatement right there. I know, we had this conversation before. The, yeah. the main ones, you know, there's, um, okay, when you're a baby, the sprinkling, like uh-huh. the... Um, yep. What's the name for that? Holy water? Yeah, yeah, holy water, all that kind of thing. You know, you know you make holy water, don't you? Oh, this is going to be a dad joke. You boil hell out of it. 
<laughs> I don't know what I was expecting when it wasn't that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yep, so there's, <laughs> there's that one way. Um, <laughs> I've boiled water so much before that it's evaporated completely. I don't know if that counts. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> so there's, you know, the sort of save the babies while they're young kind of thing. And by the way, there's um, just in case you're wondering, and I'll, I'll take this serious, seriously, there's no such thing as holy water in the Bible. Yes. Okay, water is water. There's no magical no, 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 extra. No, yeah, there's no such thing as holy be, water in the Bible. It can be symbolic of, you know, So let's just bust another myth yep. right here. Now we're on a roll. All mm-hmm. right, so no holy water as its own magical power. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of other ways we can be baptized. For example, yeah, as we said, the sprinkling. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's the more immersion mm-hmm. side of things. Now you've listed a couple of other really f- funky pouring ways. three times forward. Pouring, dunking. Once backwards, we get baptised for dead relatives. Guy in Hollywood got baptised in rose petals. You get baptised over the phone, over the internet. Um, I'm sure there's an app for it probably coming up soon. I'm sure there's a baptism app somewhere. Baptism. Oh, no. Oh, we just thought... (laughs) This is going to happen. Someone's going to steal my idea. (laughs) So Uh, no baptism. You better um, better make that app fast before somebody else takes it and you're going to lose all that money. Too bad I don't really believe in it. So what's what's the... What's the way then of well, true really baptism? Simple, you know, it's really How so many ways simple. are people baptised in the Bible is a good question. Yeah, just just read what the Bible says. Yep. And you've got your, your problem solved right there. The Bible says that when Jesus was baptised, he went down into the water mm-hmm. and he came back up out, and, 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 and uh, John immersed him in the water and then he came back up out again. It's as simple as that. Uh, but we like, to, we like to make everything complicated. We like to go far beyond what God said. We don't like the simplicity of the Bible. For whatever reason, it's human nature. And so we have all of this strange kind of Couldn't stuff. Couldn't it be on. a nice idea, though, to have the, like the baptism of a young child, for example, to show that significance? Like, can, can we do it on behalf of a young child to say, hey, we want to bring our child up in this Christian walk? Isn't how that o- a nice idea? How old was Jesus? 30. Yeah. Right. So we can't make a decision for okay. them. Let me tell you what the Bible does say. The Bible does say that when your child is young, you should dedicate your child, and you can find um, one of the famous stories of that is Hannah. You have a dedication service. Yeah. And you're dedicating that child to God and um, to be raised for God. So it's your commitment to the child rather than saying this child has now been baptised, in inverted commas, and made that decision because they can't. They don't understand anything. So you can still have the nice... Um, the commitment service. If you know you oh, want course. to raise, Absolutely. you know, Absolutely. show your commitment a, to God and to your child. If you are in the, uh, if you are in the Hunter region, come and visit us at Maitland Church. We would love to have a uh, baby dedication. Baby dedication for you, right there. there. You go. Problem solved. Maybe, maybe you are expecting. I don't know. Come and come and see us. Or maybe you you would like to have this service and you don't live in the Hunter region. Give us give us a call and we will arrange it for you. Over my baptism map. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Just wanted okay. to clear that up because, you know, there's still a lot of nice things you can do to show commitment, but a, but the baptism, the point of baptism as such, is that you've made your own commitment. Here's another tradition. I'm going to change the subject. Okay, all right. Let's Here's go. another tradition that you find out there that doesn't exist anywhere, and that is that God's Ten Commandments have been nailed to the cross. Okay. You hear this all the time, and it's yeah. repeated so often but, like, that what does people it assume that the Ten Commandments is nailed to the cross. That there's actually a verse that says that. What do they mean by nailed to the cross? Because obviously, well, was but, it first physically? of all, first of all, let me say there is no verse that says that. Okay, yeah. That verse, that verse is one that he repeated and repeated over and over. And oh yes, the law of but God. But were has they been nailed, nailed to the, the cross? cross? There's nothing. That's not a phrase. Um, in the Bible, no, they're not nailed to the cross. Um, the phrase nailed to the cross is in the Bible. Right. But it's got nothing to do with the Ten Commandments. There's yep. no way where you're going to find that in the Bible. In fact, in the New Testament, the New Testament spends more about the Ten Commandments than the Old Testament does. Right. And it's all positive. You know, Paul says, do we then make void? Do we then do away with the law of God through faith? God forbid. And Jesus on we earth. We established yeah. the law. We're saying keep the commandments, my commandments. Paul says, wherefore the commandment is holy and just and good. Everywhere you go, everything you read about the Ten Commandments is, this is a good thing. So no wonder the devil hates it so much. And he's got all these Christians like, oh yeah, it's been nailed to the cross. And they've heard it their entire life and not realized it's not actually in the Bible. Well, the interesting thing is, which almost brings us to our next point, is often when they talk about, but wasn't the ten, weren't the Ten Commandments nailed to the cross, is when they're talking about one specific commandment. 
Yeah, people only ever get upset about the Sabbath for some reason. They like the other ones. Like when we say, oh, make sure you don't murder or steal. They they don't go, oh, but wasn't that nailed to the cross? Like, why does that matter now? I've never heard that. No, neither have I. Never heard that. I mean, if someone else has heard it, let us know. The only time I've ever heard people complain about the Ten Commandments being nailed to the cross is when you mention the Sabbath day. And I'm thinking, God has given you a weekly public holiday. holiday. What on earth are you complaining for? (laughs) Seriously. What kind of a life do you live? I mean, sometimes I think we need to get a life. If those people have a life where that's so good they don't need a week off and they're happy to just keep doing everything seven days a week, I mean, let me know. But when you come to the end of six day five day working week and it's not even only time off but it's that time with God to spend with him that's right. and that's it's the main of purpose worship. of it day, day of worship, worship. and mm. you know sometimes you can find you I think just, that's actually why yeah, people don't that, like that, the Sabbath exactly it is a challenge because it takes it off you they want to, they want to spend a mm. day with God they want to spend a day doing their own thing and because they don't love God if love comes out of the equation then it becomes a major burden and a hassle it's only when love is in the equation that Sabbath becomes awesome mm. Definitely. Oh, man, good stuff. And unfortunately, you know, this is where this other woman we were talking about earlier, she all comes into it because she's tried to change this and make people hate it and, mm-hmm. you know, regret, you know, doing that. But thank goodness God is stronger and we can we can follow him in that with love. Wandered off like children in the woods We let the searchers come and never find us We tried to make a life among the trees While your dreams collected planes and cars and cities Slipped away from me while I was sleeping To climb the tallest oak and see the light Your dissatisfaction gave you questions Do you remember what the city sounded like? Do you remember what the city sounded Stay up 
to Faith FM, positively different radio. stopping you from living a happier life? Faith FM and We Explore Health would like to invite you to the Nedley Depression and Anxiety Recovery Program, an internationally acclaimed well-being course designed to help you get your life back. There are two free introductory sessions to find out if this eight-week program is right for you or someone you know that needs help. You can attend either on Sunday, March 4, 161 Central Road, Nanawadding at 2pm or Monday the 5th of March at Box Hill Library at 7.30pm. 
For more information, call 0491 074 628. That's 0491 074 628. Or you can contact us right here at Faith FM. Welcome to Love Matters. You're listening to Neil Thompson. And this is a time when we actually talk about questions to do with relationships. It's fantastic. Today's question actually comes, and it's an interesting one. It's like once married and the kids have come along, is it still necessary to impress each other and to keep yourself looking physically attractive? I mean, you know, we can joke about this and say things turned a little pear-shaped in life and so on. You know, it's like what happens to the body and everything else. The bottom line of this is, though, is that you really do need to dress well, uh, dress for each other. There might be times when you feel like, yeah, let's slob around the house for a little bit, you know, get around their track pants or whatever. But why wouldn't you want to show your best to your partner? Just keep working on that. And I don't mean going overboard and, you know, and everything else, but actually just looking like if you're the bloke, don't get around looking like a slob all the time. Actually dress nicely in a way that makes your partner really proud to go out with you. Um, and if you're the lady, why don't you dress in such a way that and you take care of your, your figure and your shape and so on? Not to the extent that you get To the point where it's all about, you know, you've got to lose 50 kilos and whatever it is. That's just ridiculous. No, it's more just about being at the point where you can actually care for the way you look, not to impress your partner, but to show your love and appreciation of your partner that you care for yourself. It's actually an extension of self-care and self-love that... um, your your body, you know, in Scripture we have this principle, your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, that you want to take care of it in a healthy sense. But at the same time, in a relationship sense, for your partner, you want to also do the same thing because your relationship's not just about you. Your relationship is about us. It's a togetherness. So I know some couples who actually go all out on this. They actually dress and look the same. Now, I don't think that's for everyone. You know, they color coordinate. So she's wearing blue, he's wearing blue. She's wearing autumn tones, he wears autumn tones. I mean, that kind of looks nice for some people. I don't think that's necessarily for everyone. I think it is a good thing, though, that if you if you take care of those small things, if you dress smartly, if you look like you appreciate the the your, the, your needs of your partner, so, yeah, it's easy when the kids are along for you to slip into, ah, it doesn't matter anymore. Well, actually, it matters because it shows that you take pride in your relationship. It shows that you take pride in yourself, and that's self-respect. It shows that you take pride and, and you respect your partner and your partner's needs, and your kids who see all of this notice it. And they notice that you get out of bed and you look smart. They notice that when you come in from being out working in the yard all day, that you clean up before you have a meal. That says something about the meal. It says something about the importance you place on being together as a family for those intimate times of breaking bread together. I think they're the important moments that set yourself up for success in relationships. That's kind of cool. And I think it says a lot to your kids. It says a lot to yourself. And I think your partner will come to enjoy you even more when you dress and you behave in that way. Well, stay tuned. There's lots more coming up on Faith FM. Look forward to catching you next time.
Alicia here from Unleash Fit Living, sharing some quick tips for fitness and well-being with you today. Today we're going to talk about how to meal prep. One of the best ways to take control of what we put in our bodies and to become mindful of our food is to practice meal preparation. Meal prep involves planning your meals for several days or a week at a time and then buying, cooking and preparing accordingly. Here are some of the benefits of meal prepping. Firstly, you know what you're going to eat ahead of time so it takes the thinking out of it. You can prepare a specific shopping list and actually save money by only buying what you need. You, can, you are also less likely to waste food when you meal prep. You're more likely to stick to nutritious portion mealed, meals when they are pre-made. You save time by preparing several meals all at once. And leftovers can become tomorrow's meal. Now think about it. Whatever you prioritize and value is what you make time for. I say this because meal prepping demands planning and time set aside to prepare those meals. So if it's important to you, I suggest scheduling into your week a block of two to three hours to dedicate to that meal preparation. And then choose meals that work around your lifestyle. For example, if you don't have much time in the morning, choose grab and go style breakfasts like green smoothies, chia puddings with fruit or quick oats. If you don't have heating facilities at your workplace, then choose something fresh like a salad in a jar or a pre-made wrap. Use your preparation time to make bulk recipes like homemade bread, frittatas, soups or pre and par cooked foods like tofu and vegetables. Smoothie, smoothies or oatmeal prep um, is easy because you can just use Ziploc bags to hold all the dry ingredients and store them in the fridge or freezer. And then all you need to do is add the liquid to it and make it on the day. So some of the tools that help with meal prep are Ziploc bags, containers for meal storage, a food processor, blender and glass jars. So here's a couple of ideas for meal prepping. Making veggie grain bowls is really easy. All you need to do is cook a pot of brown rice, quinoa or buckwheat and then roast several trays of veggies like sweet potatoes, zucchini, capsicum, onion, snow peas, Brussels sprouts, carrots, whatever you want really. And then make up meals adding the veggies to the grain and then making a simple sauce or dressing to go on top. Another way to do some meal prep is to pre-make smoothie ingredients by putting them in snap lock bags in the freezer like your banana, your oats, your flaxseed, your protein powder, for example. And another thing that you can do with salads is make them, pre-make them and store them in jars or containers without the dressing on them so they don't go soggy. So I hope that's given you some ideas on how you can get ahead of the meal prep game. You know, the more that we can actually prepare and think through what we're going to eat, the way better choices we're going to make. Don't forget, you can get more Fit Living tips in the Upside magazine by mailing the Upside at PO Box 7 Walls End 2287 for your free subscription or by calling Faith FM on 1800 324 843. And you can find more from me at www.unleashfitliving.com as well as on my Instagram and Facebook page if you look up Unleash Fit Living.
You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.